0: There you got my story. Just ask there you got my story. You are listening to Feminist Current. I'm Megan Murphy. Marissa Darling was an elementary school counselor with over a decade of experience, working with students in culturally diverse public school districts. When she was fired from her job, as a school counselor at Allen Field Elementary School in the Milwaukee Public School District. After joining a rally to speak out against gender identity ideology in schools, a campaign was organized to get Marissa fired, and her supervisor began an investigation. Despite the fact that the investigation revealed that her speech had little impact on her school or students, Marissa was suspended and then received a no trespass order. She filed a federal lawsuit arguing this was a violation of her free speech rights. I spoke with her recently about her work, her case, and why she spoke out against teaching kids about gender identity ideology. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to talking with you.
1: Well, thank you for this opportunity to talk for more than like three minutes on Fox News about this, the whole debacle.
0: Yeah, those kind <laughs> of news, those, those short clips are, are tough, eh? Um, I, as a, mm-hmm. as a long-winded person, struggle with them as well
1: (laughs) well for me it was it was actually okay especially when i talked to laura ingram and she came right out the gate with a yes or no question uh i think the way that she put it was uh do you regret what you said or would you take back anything that you said or do anything differently and i just said no
0: excellent answer
1: (laughs) Never apologize is my motto. Like, unless
0: you're really sorry, like if you did something bad and you feel really bad, but otherwise... Right.
1: Or like if I did something or actually said something hateful or targeted a person that that expressed to me that they felt harmed by my words, then I'll apologize to that person. But no, I'm not going to apologize for saying fuck transgenderism.
0: No. Sorry. I mean, I thought that was interesting. I watched that interview and I followed your story. Um you so you were working as a school counselor in a Milwaukee public school. Is that correct? Yeah. Are you still working as a school counselor there?
1: No, I'm not. I got fired officially at the end of September after being put on unpaid suspension at the end of last school year and trespassed from my work site and all Milwaukee public school buildings. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't allowed to go back when the new school year started. And then they decided to can me a month into the school year, which prevented me from finding a new position in time to start fresh somewhere else Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. how how did that process go um let's start from from the beginning a little bit a beginning you
1: you spoke at a rally i did so it was uh an event like a weekend long event called sisters for sisters that was set up by women's liberation radio news uh, Lear Keith was involved I got to meet a lot of awesome women who I had previously only known online like Kay, Kay Yang, Exi Lancic, Kelly Kay who runs Radfems United so many different women from different walks of life who just wanted to come together to connect around the topic of free speech for women and so one of the main components of the weekend was this rally that we had set up on the steps of the Capitol in Madison, because that's where you do free speech things is on the steps of the Capitol mm-hmm. in America. Anyways, that's the way we do things. So, um, there was a small contingent of, uh, trans supremacist activists that got wind of the event. They had previously put a big banner outside of the hotel where some other events were taking place that said, the the most original thing it said no turfs on our turf i don't know if you've ever uh heard that one before oh i
0: have i have i've seen oh really yeah, i thought at, they made, I thought made it up well.
1: just for this event just
0: for you no they've used it on the rest of us at times as well mm. <laughs> I, yeah they, i have a photo of a protester holding that sign i think at my talk in toronto well outside the talk
1: yeah i'm being completely sarcastic because they oh. all say that <laughs>
0: I don't have a sense of humor. Sorry, I don't. I don't comprehend sarcasm. <laughs> I think the problem is that we're too well matched in the dry sense of humor, and we're out dry sense yeah, of humoring sorry. ourselves.
1: Yeah, sorry. Let's try and moisten things up. <laughs> oh, let's really. Oh, why did I say that? Anyways, um, I'm gonna take a drink of my 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 energy wrestling water. So, <laughs> this whole thing was basically sabotaged by T.R.A.s from the from the get go. And so they planned their own little counter protest at the rally. They showed up a bit before us to set up. They had a big banner that just said, like, defend trans rights or whatever. I mean, I don't know what a trans right is, but they want them defended. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were police around, of course, and so they they refused to leave. So we were like, whatever. We have a permit for this time and this space. We're gonna set up anyways and do our thing. And the whole, the the only thing to set up was a microphone and a sign that said free speech for women, because that's all we wanted to do was speak freely. But these other people, average age maybe 21 years old came out with their noisemakers and were screaming things like acknowledge intersex people and all this other stuff. And like, they just would not stop. They would not leave. And so I got up on the steps in among them. And I tried to encourage other women to get up on the steps and like encroach on them to hopefully make them back off Mm -hmm. Uh, But they wouldn't. And so they were just yelling in our faces. There was one trans identified male who was screaming, calling me a lesbian Nazi. There was another one that just kept provoking me by calling me Karen. Uh, I caught later in a video clip that I had taken of him that he said he'd been following me around all day.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. What an admission.
1: Yeah, well, m- males are going to mail, you, you know, d- they're, and they're not going to see a problem with it. No,
0: I mean, what's funny is that he's admitting to something potentially criminal, but is so entitled and proud that he can't keep it to himself.
1: Yeah. So he was just like, I've been following you around all day and God, you're stupid. And I didn't catch it in the moment because I just like had my camera shoved in his face and I wasn't even looking at him because he was trying to get me to break. But then I kind of finally did when I decided to speak out. So I hadn't planned on saying anything. But I felt emboldened by the other women at the same time that I was just completely enraged by these people, especially the ones that decided to show up wearing shirts that said protect trans kids Mm. on them. And I was just like, no, we're not doing this. I'm not doing this. And I'm, I'm going to say something. I don't know how it's going to come out but I'm gonna say it. Uh, and I think I spoke for about three minutes, three, four minutes tops. And at least one minute of that was me just having to chant the words, let women speak. Let women speak, let women speak because they would not stop. Yeah. These TRAs, they would not stop yelling Because all they have, as I'm sure you're well aware, is noise.
0: Yeah, this is this seems to be the primary strategy that they have adopted, which is to just make constant noise nonstop Mm -hmm. throughout any event that women are holding around this issue of gender identity and women's sex based rights to drown out the voices of women, and essentially destroy the event or force the event to shut down, not happen, etc. It's all, it's silencing. No debate. Yeah. Just shut up.
1: Yeah, and like, how is that any different from how men have treated us for all of history, honestly? Just shut up. We don't want to hear it. We don't need your voice. Your voice is threatening and you are wrong is basically what the noise is telling me. Right. And,
0: and we don't care if we have to use violent threats to intimidate you into silence on top of that. Um, this, this, did this event
1: take place in April? Is that right? Yeah. So this whole, this whole thing has consumed the better part of a year of my life. So you spoke at the event Um,
0: what else did you say? As I understand it, you spoke out about the transitioning of kids.
1: Yeah. So I did write out the gate. I did identify myself, uh, by my name and where I worked. I didn't say I work at, at such and such elementary school, but I did say I work for Milwaukee public schools and I oppose gender identity ideology ever entering the walls of my school building and i meant what i said now how i would necessarily prevent or circumvent that uh i didn't think that far through i just knew and still know and still believe that this is wrong and It's not my job, nor is it the job of any counselor to promote this ideology when there's no evidence that it affects any of the data points that we are supposed to have an impact on with our school counseling program. So there's no evidence that teaching kindergartners about they-them pronouns will positively affect their attendance, their academics, or their behavior. Not that I've seen anyways, and not that anyone has cited in their grasping at uh, these these gender inclusion like guidelines and everything that every district seems to have at this point, and they all just kind of copy each other, meaning uh, they're not doing any new research, they're not doing surveys among their own stakeholders, whether that be teachers, students, families, Anybody. There's just no rational basis for this to be a thing Mm -hmm. that we include in curriculum across any subject matter or in counseling at all. And and you're working
0: at an elementary school, so these what do what grade do elementary schools in the US go up to? I think it's different than in Canada.
1: Usually it's up through grade five. A lot of schools in Milwaukee go up through grade eight. Um, but I was lucky enough to work in like a pure elementary school. So my oldest kids were like 11, fifth graders.
0: Okay, so your oldest kids were 11, and these kids were being taught
1: about gender identity. Well, that's the thing. I didn't implicate my school in any wrongdoing because... Not a lot of that made its way into my school specifically. Like the tentacles hadn't crawled in too far yet, but there was, there was and are two classrooms, one fifth grade monolingual and one second grade bilingual where the teachers uh, put up pride flags and talked about gender and pronouns and stuff with their students both female teachers and both younger than me, because it does seem to be these, uh, this newer generation of more woke 20 something educators that are in maybe their second or third year who think that this is something that we need to do Mm -hmm. in public elementary school. Um, it does. It does seem like it's
0: definitely led by Gen Z. Um, I think that the trouble is that while it may be led by Gen Z, um, you know, the adults, (laughs) as it were, are going along. Did you know anyone in your school or anyone else, you know, who, who was an educator in your community who was expressing concern about gender identity ideology, particularly its infiltration into schools?
1: Well, I feel like I was able to kind of open up conversations with a couple of my coworkers who seemed like kind of stunned at what I was sharing with them and seemed like they wanted to learn more. (laughs) But when word got around to school about what I had done and what I had said, all of those educators showed up on the same day wearing the same t-shirt that said, this educator protects trans youth. Hmm. So they got recaptured very quickly. That's how strong and how insidious this is at this point. Nobody wants to look homophobic. Nobody wants to look transphobic. Nobody wants to look, especially in the public school system, like they're unwoke or conservative or right wing. So they're going to put on whatever airs, whatever clothing, hang up whatever signs, put out whatever shingle or plaque or sticker or safe space decal that they can to show that they're not, they're not bad. They're safe. Right. Trademark. (laughs) Now,
0: at what point did the school approach you about what you said at this rally?
1: It wasn't until I was hand-delivered a notice um, that there was going to be a misconduct hearing about this that I... Was uh, And then I was suspended that anybody ever said anything. So between the day that I said the thing and then got a letter from the Wisconsin Department of Public Instruction that my license was being investigated and the day in June when I got this letter about the misconduct hearing, I was just going to work. So the state was doing their thing behind the scenes, but then they deployed people at the district level to investigate me. And there was a day when everything kind of broke out after my Fox News feature and after a feature in the local paper where one of those woke teachers with the non-binary and trans and progress flags hanging in her classroom, decided to show her entire class the local news article about me. Wow. And, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> she had it projected on her smart board, which is basically just a giant projector screen. And I, had, I just happened to be walking in from lunch, walked past her classroom, glanced in the window, and saw... This headline emblazoned across the screen about me. So I, I open the door and I say, "Is there a reason you're talking about me right now?" And she says, uh, "We were told that students could choose not to have counseling services with you. So I was giving them the option to opt out. Now, mind you, I was supposed to go in and do counseling with her class. Oh, an hour later." Right. So basically, uh, I had adults rallying opposition to me among their students. Mm-hmm. And these then are I was, served young kids. Yeah, 10 and 11 years old.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not super equipped to engage in this debate.
1: <laughs> no, no, except... In a very concrete, naive way that was and is heavily influenced by this teacher. Of course. See, I never brought any of this kind of stuff into school because it's not relevant. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the closest I've ever gotten to sharing anything about gender As part of a counseling lesson would be uh, sharing the book Oliver Button is a sissy by Tommy DePaola with third graders. I did that for a few years and we did some activities around it, but that was basically just to say um, there's no such thing as a girl activity or a boy activity girls and boys can do whatever they want and be interested in and develop skills in whatever they want Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. end of story that's where the conversation should begin and end when it comes to this topic with young kids exactly and and so when did you
0: receive this letter and what did the letter say
1: It was mm, maybe a week before the end of the school year, and it cited at least a dozen different um, employee handbook things, administrative policies, and other things, including this gender inclusion guidance that I had never seen before. All of these things I'm supposed to have violated Uh, based on my speech and based on the fact that I said the words F-U-C-K, transgenderism, uh, on a Saturday, 100 miles away from where I work, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was cited on everything from discrimination to harassment to bullying to insubordination uh, to uh, not providing... Uh, proper customer service I don't know just uh, uh, any little thing that they could reach for because they were upset that I shared my views and I said that I would not use my role as a counselor to promote gender identity ideology
0: and how and then when they fired you a month
1: into the following school year what did they say basically that my comments represented a threat and a refusal to provide mental health services for trans and non-binary students mm. i bet there's
0: a lot of 10 year old trans and non-binary students who were dealing with <laughs> it <laughs> the poor kids i mean they're all non- non-binary when they're 10 aren't they <laughs>
1: right because they're not, they're not they're so pure at that point I mean still. I would
0: argue everyone's non-binary in a gender sense but
1: <laughs> well right because I mean particularly pre-puberty kids like and what? individuals yeah yeah and children haven't been corrupted by the world and by patriarchal culture
0: yet right they haven't been socialized to the extent that they will very shortly after you know 11. 12, 13, and so on and so forth. Um, How did you respond? Did you respond? I responded by suing them. And as I understand it, you are suing Milwaukee public schools for violating your first first Mm -hmm. amendment rights. Um, Can you break down that argument for us?
1: So basically the fact that I am a public employee and the fact that I identified myself as a public employee does not preclude my right to speak out on topics of public concern that affect my students. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that this is one of the most salient and important topics that is affecting my students currently because it's, everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere. It's coming out of the woodwork in so many different communities, urban, suburban, rural, uh, low income, middle income, everywhere, everywhere. And nobody's allowed to say anything about it.
0: Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, where is the case right now? Right nope.
1: now, it, yeah. it, it has just been filed. We're suing for uh, the violation of my First Amendment rights and for wrongful termination mm-hmm. because I should not have been fired for speaking my mind on my own time. Uh, but the district is arguing that I acted as an unauthorized representative of the school district because I stated my name and my employer. Right. So do you
0: think if you had gone to a rally and said, fuck Trump or fuck TERFs or uh, fuck Republicans, fuck pro-lifers, do you think that the school would have responded? No.
1: Not at all because schools are political battlegrounds. Schools are their own little universes, their own worlds, and they are run by liberals. Yeah,
0: I mean, I suspect. I, I mean, who knows? I, I, suppose it depends on what state you're in. Maybe if you were in a red state and you went to a rally and said, "Fuck Republicans," somebody might have complained. But I suspect. But that it would have gone right.
1: this far. Th- it would have been yeah. a slap on the wrist.
0: I think so. I think I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know that you would have been fired for saying. I would have actually
1: been afforded uh, the the like progressive discipline process that I wasn't in this case. In this case, Mm -hmm. I was just fired, and they said it was gross misconduct, and so I didn't get any unemployment benefits. Uh, They just went Mm -hmm. scorched earth on me. Yeah, I mean it's it's so frustrating. It's
0: so frustrating for a number of reasons, but I'm. I'm perpetually frustrated that within this debate, <clears throat> you know, when you say, I understand what you mean when you say fuck transgenderism, mm-hmm. but I think maybe unintentionally, but sometimes I suspect intentionally people will interpret that to say that you said, you know, fuck trans people.
1: People. Yeah. Yeah but
0: i mean you know what you were really what you're challenging is the ideology and the ideology infiltrating schools and being taught to kids
1: yeah exactly
0: um so you're a mental health professional i wonder if you see this as an issue of mental health i mean are you are you seeing anything at school or elsewhere in terms of kids wanting to trans or being interested in this concept of gender identity or claiming to be trans or anything like that?
1: I think if I worked at the middle or high school level or if I worked in one of the K through eight schools in my district, uh, it would be more of a day-to-day Thing for me and more of a day-to-day challenge and how to navigate it because I know that all of those kids have phones and inside of their phones are so many different little personalities and little friends and little influencers that are making up new little micro labels for genders and mental health issues all the time. Like, I'm sure you've seen at least a few of those young girls who claim to have dissociative identity disorder, who um, (laughs) have male and female alters living in their heads. And there was one a while back that said she was going to go through physical transition to appease her male alters. I don't think I have seen that. Interesting. but you, I'm sure it it doesn't totally shock you because no. the, the, just that kind that's the culture we live in and that's what's happening among kids. And it's insane, but you can't say anything about it without being called a turf. Yeah.
0: Tell me, I mean what what have what have your politics been? Um, prior to this, I think you identify as a radical feminist, is that correct? I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. And like all growing up in the Pacific Northwest, I was just kind of like de facto liberal. And then I moved to the Midwest and I I was just kind of I don't know, more attuned to working class issues, you know. I became part of the union. And I worked for Chicago Teachers Union for a while, and I thought that I had a political identity within that. But at this point, the way I put it to Laura Ingram when I was on her show, I I think I just said, like, I've decided to get out of my own way when it comes to partisan politics around this issue simply because this this should not be a political issue because we're talking about the safety of children. Mm -hmm. But apparently if you don't want children to be groomed into thinking they were born in the wrong body, that makes you a right-wing extremist. Right. I'm okay with people thinking that about me at this point though. And there were, it was kind of funny. There was a little, speaker's corner event in Milwaukee towards the end of June after everything kind of came to a head and the trans supremacists found out I was working with a conservative law firm on the issue and I didn't actually go but I saw photos later of one guy holding a sign that said uh turf Marissa Darling works with anti-choice law firm, W I L L, which is the Wisconsin Institute for law and Liberty. And it's like, okay, am I supposed to be offended by that? You're assuming like, you're assuming a lot about me and about my political stance and my identity and my, my views on totally unrelated issues because you're looking at me through this lens of like, well, TERFs think all think this, you know, so if she's a turf, she must be pro-choice. But she's aligning herself with these anti-choice people, and that's not okay.
0: Yeah, I guess they think that they'll sort of bully you into, I don't know, being afraid to take your position lest you be called right-wing. But, I mean, yeah. I, like you, don't really care what those people call me. I don't really care what anybody calls me anymore, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, but there is this, I don't know if you have engaged with this at all, but there is this, you know, debate within so-called gender critical, the gender critical movement, let's say, about um, allying with the right is how it's framed, though I think that's an imperfect framing. I mean, did you, what was the response to you going on Fox News? What's the response been to your, Case from the gender critical movement.
1: Uh, local femmes don't really want anything to do with me anymore. Why is that? Um, I think because they're they're miffed about that that very thing about aligning with the right. Even though it was a radical feminist that pointed me in the direction of uh, who to contact to get the help that I got, but no, they don't really want anything to do with me anymore. Uh, I've, I've lost other longtime friends as a result of the Fox news spot and speaking out. And that's okay with me at this point. I'm, I'm fine with just operating as a free agent because at least I'm telling the truth. Yeah. I mean,
0: I sort of find that, whole thing a bit counterproductive really like i i feel that those people those radical feminists or gender critical people are sort of marginalizing themselves by refusing to i guess refusing to support women like you but also by refusing to touch anything or anyone labeled as right wing um i suppose their concerns are that Will somehow embolden right wing positions? Like all of a sudden, a bunch of feminists are gonna like become pro life because you? Well, went that's on what Fox happened News.
1: to me. <laughs> <laughs> but Magic, I, but, I, but I only speak for myself, so and what... I, I only speak from my own experience for my own reasons. I'm not. I'm not out here saying all radical feminists should make the the uh, value shifts that I have. But it is what it is at this point. What have been your value shifts? Well, free speech has definitely become a much more salient value of mine. I do not take it for granted anymore because it, it, it I can see now that it actually is under attack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's so scary, and it's so wrong. Like I'm gonna sound I'm gonna sound Trumpy or whatever, but this is, this is America. Mm-hmm. I should I shouldn't lose my job for saying things when I didn't do anything, I didn't harm anybody, and no one has come forward to say Marissa hurt me with her words.
0: Yeah. I agree with you.
1: I mean, have
0: you have you shifted towards right wing politics in other ways? Or is that sort of
1: I feel like it's it's been like I value um, the way my lawyer put it was he is conservative because uh, they tend to be more intellectually honest. And I would tend to agree Mm -hmm. with that because a lot of the time liberals are just trying to impress their friends. And it seems like conservatives operate more as uh, individuals, and maybe that's totally off base. I don't really know because I don't get I don't get deep into it. I'm not like on conservative news sites. I don't even really watch or read the news. Mm-hmm. But I also um, <laughs> I'm just more open to thinking things through in an, in a more independent way and finding common ground with people and that seems to be a skill that most run of the mill milk toast liberals just don't have.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would I would tend to agree with you in some ways. I mean, like you, I'm just I'm not a real expert on conservative politics. I haven't been super engaged in that world for most of my life. Um but I do think that a lot of progressives tend to focus on mantras and virtue signaling and tend not to be very practical in terms of their policy proposals or the ideas their politics are advocating. Um, I wonder what you have planned next. I mean, are you trying to find another job in the school system or are you going to forego that?
1: Well, right now I'm working with children and youth in a different capacity in a community mental health agency, and that's going fine. Um, I also recently did an interview at a private school, and that would be a cool option too because I would be able to work my craft in a more independent way. But the lawsuit is also demanding for me to be reinstated at my school, and that's really where I want. To be. And because that's what I've built my life around. Like, I've tried to establish myself here in Milwaukee. I want to stay here. I have two tattoos that are dedicated to my school. I love my school and I love the community. And I've had people ask me, Well, God, would you really want to go back there knowing that there's people there who are like so opposed to what you said and what you stand for? And I'm like, Yeah. They can deal. They can deal with their feelings. That's not on me. Mm-hmm. It's not my problem, and it's not my concern. The con- my concern is the kids. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm glad to hear that. Um, thank you so much for talking with me today. I wonder, is there a way that people can support you, support your case, um, support you online?
1: Um. I'm on winter break with my social media right now. But if people just want to check your show notes for our social media, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I've got a little coalition of women together that are that are posting anti-grooming and anti-gender type content. Um, We're really just trying to have conversations and reach people in different ways on different platforms. As far as uh, my case goes, I don't need legal or financial help with the legal stuff right now because I am being represented pro bono. But if you want to look up the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty and drop them a donation in the name of free speech, that would be amazing. Cool.
0: Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate your speaking out and your bravery, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today.
1: I appreciate the opportunity, Megan. Thank you so much. Alrighty. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: I'm Megan Murphy. Thanks for tuning in to Feminist Current. You can find us online at feministcurrent.com, tweet at us at feministcurrent, or send us an email at info at feministcurrent.com. We are hosted by Libsyn, And you can subscribe to the Feminist Current podcast anywhere you like to listen. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Spotify, and beyond. You can even give us five stars and a review on iTunes. Feminist Current is produced and hosted by myself, Megan Murphy. We have been ad-free, sponsorship-free, wealthy investor-free, and fully independent since 2012. If you enjoyed this podcast and if you value independent women's media by women for women, no compromises, please consider making a donation to support our work. Just visit FeministCurrent.com and click the donate button.